Welcome Cheeky Goddesses. My name is Michelle Moss and I'm here with my podcast partner, Lauren Mazadonsky. And today we have a beautiful couple. This is our first couple that we've interviewed. Um, and the, 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 the girl's name is Latka and she's from Bulgaria and has a beautiful accent and she's a beautiful person. And her significant other is named Christopher, wonderful, wonderful person who has a lot of interesting things to share. So um, we are so happy you're here. We're so happy and honored Blessed to, to be, be here. here. Thank you. And as always, we chat a little bit before the podcast, which turned into an hour-long conversation. <laughs> but that always helps us become friends. You know, Lauren met you guys, or Matt Slotka. Where did you at the summit? Well, we connected because of the Summit of Greatness. And then I just started, well, first of all, they travel all over. So it's really hard not to notice all of her pictures. Because I'm like, what is she doing? I want to be where she's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you ended up reaching out. Yeah, we just kind of started chatting and then... I asked if that was how we connected with the Summit of Greatness. Okay. And then you asked her if she could be on the show. Yeah. She said yes, and can I bring Christopher? And we're like, woohoo, we get a couple. So can you guys um, tell us a little bit about something? Well, you start. What do you want to share first? My, my partner is the... Um, I'll take the lead. The uh, yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, during our conversation before the podcast, uh, I guess my um, phrasing of how we do what we do made it <laughs> hard to tell exactly what it is that we do. Um, <laughs> and uh, very much so, we have conversations on loving ourselves uh, and taking you know, our image of the world and actually living it instead of it being some idea. And uh, our relationship is definitely one of the key teachers to that. And actually, I mean, for that matter, all relationships that we have, anyone, whether it's a client that I'm working with, I, we both, we have a group, um, a heart mastermind that we do, but also one-on-one -on -one work that we do. And, and it's really, uh, we, we didn't say this before, but um, since you two are in some sort of healing work, I, I would say, uh, we are like, I'm not a healer, but we open up a space to be, uh, facilitators for healing to occur, which, which, uh, you know, I always say I have two hands, one hand to serve and one hand to be served. And I don't know which is which a lot of the time because it's, it's, yes. uh, beyond that, um, dualistic frame of I'm the one helping someone else. It's like, no, come on. We're, we're both, all of us are just <laughs> doing yes. our best and there's always room for improvement. Right. That's that learn, grow and evolve no matter what or when or who you're with that we talked about. And you also said you, you talk about the mind, you talk about the heart and you talk about living it. It's not just about giving these directions. It's about being in the moment and, and living this life. And I love that you said that too. That was pretty can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, you know. The Tao. Living <laughs> the Tao. Living in the Tao, yes. You know, I think, I think we've had a challenge actually sharing what we do because um, often we're so caught up in in the labels and so caught up in, oh, so you are a therapist and you are a mentor and you are a healer and you're a daughter and a mother. And so, so, so often when we hear what 
someone does, we immediately can project into, oh, we kind of project into our mind what that person is about in a way. And I think that could often be very misleading because one title is often just that. It's actually just the title. Mm -hmm. um, and really our it's yeah. compared yeah so we actually have a group on facebook it's a private facebook group called the <laughs> no one self the no one self so it's very provoking because everyone wants to matter and everyone wants to make it uh, be someone and uh ramdas someone who we deeply yeah. uh just love he's just pure emanating love and he um created this documentary well he didn't create it someone else created it for him but documentary is becoming nobody and it was recorded i think last year right before he passed away yeah and he he says something and i mean it's the, the documentary itself is really potent and really rich because he says we're so busy being somebody we're all too busy being somebody and i think at the end of the day when we're too focused on me 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 the title the status how i'm appearing how i'm appearing that actually takes away from the heart because there is an agenda in that kind of in that box that we're putting ourselves and others and we don't really get to see the depth of the person when we put ourselves or others in this box and when we communicate only through the mind versus really connecting heart to heart and Yesterday, I had a call, such a powerful and potent call with one of our clients. It was a coaching call. It was about two hours long. And right before the call, I set the intention to be completely open, to have no agendas, and to just serve from the heart and to speak truth, to speak, to allow just, I usually just do like a little prayer and just ask for spirit's assistance and just allow just just allow myself to be the vessel of of truth and not the truth just truth whatever <laughs> is true to me in that moment and it was and we first started with a little meditation just to ground and it was such a powerful call because we were just both raw and open and laughing and uh, listening and sharing. And I mean, I was, I was literally on fire at the end of the call. I was so lit up. I, I went to bed at two o'clock in the morning because I was just, I had just so much energy. Nothing was being taken away. I just had so much energy and I wake up this morning and I have this beautiful, incredible message from her and she's like wow like i like like thank you so much like i don't really experience this i don't experience anyone asking me these deep questions and it was just so profound because she saw herself in me and i saw myself in her and and i think when we really serve with no agenda and speak from the heart, we can actually start seeing the mirror being reflected in another person. And that is actually us manifested in a different form, in a different body, but it's really all one energy. It's all one consciousness just manifested through different vessels. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was probably one of the most powerful calls 
like I've experienced it was incredible and yes. that's the work that we do it's we just, just it's just yeah, very and intense and connectedness it sounds like which is interesting because when we talked earlier you did mention that you had to learn to open up because you were closed off can you explain that because I think our listeners can learn a lot from that too because what yeah. you just explained you have to be in a headspace mm-hmm. and a mind space and a heart space to open up that that vulnerable with someone and I know that that's something you said you had to overcome yes oh this was one of my really one of my greatest journeys um so as I shared earlier when we had the, uh, our little chat our little conversation when um I was a little girl I started to really uh, becoming a little bossy and kind of taking care of everything and really love being independent and I started to really um, taking in a lot of masculine energy and I didn't realize why until... Oh. Okay. okay, I think we're, okay, we apologize for this. Um, can you... You're good, you're on, you're on still. Okay, yeah, perfect. yeah, you're good. Yeah, we can still see you. All right, uh, I think the phone is connected to the computer, so our apologies. Um, that is life for real that is life for real yes that's right um so yes so i didn't realize that i was really um my life from a little girl um up until up until the age of 25 is when i did this deep meditation i did a, a class called know your true self with my first mentor um, and it was a very deep, intensive course for six months. We meet every week in person for about two and a half hours with other class members. And it was um, truly life transformational because in that moment when I was taking this course, I she guided us through a deep meditation. And for the first time, I was able to see myself as a little girl in the streets in my grandma's village in the streets of Bulgaria. And I was looking for my father's love. And I was six years old and I was looking for it, but I couldn't, um, I couldn't find it. And it wasn't something to find, but in that moment as a little child, um, the way I was receiving love is through touch, through kisses and hugs and through Uh, affirmation but in bulgaria um i'm not going to speak for all men especially right now but during that time a lot of men uh were not really thought how to be vulnerable how to be open how to be um how to be affectionate towards um their their children and just show love and i i didn't realize that was something i deeply craved and that's the, I, I want to say that I love my father deeply. And actually we have this relationship now where we get to, when we meet, we hug, we kiss. And he, I mean, he was doing his best. He was doing what he was learning from his father and how society was. So he always loved me and I knew that, but I knew it through the mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't really experience it and that resulted in me just starting to build up these walls of protection of if my father is not here to protect me then i'm going to be here to protect myself and that's very subconscious it's very deeply rooted and most 
I didn't realize this. So I was very much focused on, and when we start shutting off our heart and start operating from here, we're very much focused on the, the um, exerting a lot of masculinity, a lot of doing, keeping ourselves busy mm-hmm. because we, we don't want to feel because if we feel, I was very sensitive, still am. So I was really suppressing the sensitivity because I had to be tough. I had to be strong in my mind. Um, and, and that really resulted in me um, always, always desiring to take care of myself. Uh, and so I started working very early. I mean, not early, but I started working as soon as I can. The minute I turned 16, I was working. And up until now, <laughs> it's, it's always been, but now it's so different because in the, in, for most of my life, I was working to work. I was working to produce an outcome versus working to serve, working because this brings me joy, working to make a difference. It was a different mindset. And more in the feminine, it kind of sounds like. Yes, and I wasn't really in my feminine. And also because I was in an environment in my... So I first I worked um, at the airport, and then I worked in a spa, in a really big spa, eight locations, a lot of employees, especially I was in the busiest spa. And I was really managing and taking care of, of, of the place. And there was no we were 98% females. There was no males except the owner and one or one other manager at the other, another location. But it was, I always almost felt like it was required for me to exert more masculine energy to get things done. <laughs> but that's not necessarily true because you can get just as much done being in your feminine and, and balancing and really, of course, um, allowing those masculine um, qualities, masculine uh, attributes, um, archetypes to, to, to really move you forward in the world through action and through taking steps, but not from the place of, I'm going to do something just to do it. I'm going to do it because that's what I've, I've always known. And when, and I believe when we're from, from the feminine there's a softness and there's a gentleness and there's more grace and more ease. And it's, it's, it just opens up so many more possibilities than do it. (laughs) And, um, and I started really shutting off my heart very early on. My first, my first um, really intimate relationship was from age 17 to 20. So for three years, and it was very, you know, most people would think, well, you're just so young. When you feel love, you feel love. It doesn't matter how young you are. And when you're in love, you're in love. And when that person turns out to be something completely different, well, not different, but I went, I went through a very, just very difficult um, experience in that relationship. Um, there was, uh, I'm not going to dive deep into this, but it was, it was, it was very uh, challenging. Um, And one of the things that broke off the relationship was um, him being with someone else. Um, And I found that out in the most really just uh, horrific uh, way, if that's the right word to, to describe this, but it was just really hard, hard. My heart just, just broke in that moment. I was shaking and crying because I went um, into the place where he was staying and there was someone else in, uh, in the bedroom and some, and, 
they were both of them walked out and I just I was like betrayed completely yes and at that moment I um, I didn't know how to handle it I went home and I was just I my body just couldn't stop shaking I was literally like like this and um, I um, I didn't really know how to heal and and at being 20 years old I had no idea how to heal my heart actually no I was 19 and then I took I, I decided to give this man another chance and then almost the same thing happened a year later and then I was 20 and I said to myself no I'm gonna be strong and I'm not gonna allow this to happen again so I shut off my heart and I attracted another man that was um was he had a whole other relationship and I was a second woman. And however, this time Zlatka was prepared and Zlatka was not invested into the relationship. So it didn't hurt Zlatka's heart because I already shut off my heart. And I actually asked the universe, universe, please, I want to end this relationship. Please send me something. And the universe, of course, a week later sends me that, well, he actually is seeing someone else as well. So this is a perfect exit strategy. But I was not invested into a relationship emotionally. And, and I, but there was still a disappointment. So I shut it off even more. And then, um, I, I was, I, I had a really wonderful friendship with someone who, and which ended and not in a bad way, but ended in a way that, um, wasn't how, uh, my heart wanted it to end, I guess. And not that my heart, it just, it just, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I took with a lot of um, ease. And all these events started just building, building, building. And then I finally said to myself, I am no longer, I'm not going to date anyone until that person is faithful. <laughs> and that's what I wanted. And I wanted, and I listed all the things I want. And I attracted the perfect partner, literally the perfect, everything I wanted. There he was. Not me, still not me. Not, not <laughs> Almost everything she wanted. Maybe. And I was 22 at this time. I was 22. And he was, um, he was a little bit older than me. And you know, he was, I mean, I could trust him. I could, uh, I could, I could, I mean, he was everything I wanted, everything. And we had a a wonderful relationship for the most part but at 20 really at 24 uh, I started doing deeper work on myself and at 25 there things started really speeding up with the program that I took and next thing you know I was starting to really realize who I truly am because all this time I didn't know who I am I mean I thought I had an idea of who Zlatka is and all the stories in Zlatka's mind who I truly am, my essence, my heart, my soul, I, I had no idea. And when that started to open up, I, uh, I started really accelerating inwardly and really um, discovering myself from the inside out. And, and I really, really desired someone to share everything with and to be seen for who I truly am because here I am now, but I wasn't, I, I didn't feel I, um, I really didn't feel um, I was in the right container, so to speak. And nevertheless, 
I have a lot of respect and love still towards that person. But I started changing so much. And he was even telling me, like, I want my Zlatka. The, the Zlatka he used to know, but... That wasn't that, real. That wasn't real. I believe as human beings, as, as life, we ought to change and evolve. And, and I... Um, I do not want the old Zlatka. I wanted to keep evolving and expanding. And, um, and that brought, I started bringing a lot of distance between us. A lot of, a lot of just uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, there was a lot of distance between us and we couldn't see eye to eye. And I finally uh, started to um, honor, honor my, my heart and my truth by um, deciding that, this relationship is actually, I'm being a disservice to my, my partner at the time and to myself. If I continue being in, in, in a partnership where um, we, we're, we're so different that we're not being able to see heart to heart and eye to eye. And it was just very difficult, at least for me, it was very challenging. And I ended the relationship after about two years of feeling that that's not my person but i didn't i didn't have the courage to leave because he's so wonderful because it felt like you should be with him that comes back to those shoes. Well, like, I should. like you know, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's amazing you know he, and he's a very good very good man he still is and but but for me i wanted to be seen i wanted to be seen for who i am and i wanted to grow with someone on a soul to soul level, I wanted to, for us to, um, to, to really connect on the deepest level possible. And for me, that was not possible with this partnership. And it was very difficult. The whole, the whole experience was very challenging because I didn't, I didn't want to in any way, shape or form to, to hurt his feelings, his heart. But then I realized Latka, actually you don't have that power because that will make him a victim and that's not how I want to see him. I don't have the power to hurt someone. Every, we are all um, our sovereign individuals and, and we often like to blame others. Yeah, they betrayed me and they hurt me. But, but really, I believe um, everything happens for our soul's evolution and for our... For our um, really for our learning. So I think everyone is really doing the best they can. Well, and also letting him, breaking up with this person is a compassionate act because to stay with someone you aren't compatible with long-term is going to end anyway. So what you yes. do is, is a generous and compassionate act if you really step back and say, you, he is a good man, you want him to grow and, and you want yourself to grow, but not together. So that makes sense. Yes, yes. And, and really about three years ago, I started really opening up and, and work as well. My approach was different. I was listening more. I was, mm, I was softer. I was not as bossy. And, uh, and I was leading a class, the Know Your True Self, actually got certified to teach it. And then I led it myself as well, because I received so much value from it. And one of the students told me she's like the deepest inspiration for me is actually how much you've changed mm -hmm. and she was telling me she was actually scared to come to work sometimes mm -hmm. because when people weren't doing their work i would 
I wouldn't be, I would be, I wouldn't be happy because I'm like, I, I really felt responsible for that place to be doing, you know, to be doing good in every level. And if someone is being, uh, not doing their work, I, I was like, oh, like, you're not going to just sit there. I have a million things going on. So, but, but it wasn't the right approach. It wasn't the right approach. And, and I, and I realized that and now I started crying. I'm like, oh my God, what, what kind of person was I if someone was afraid to come to work? In that moment, you started crying when she, um, I don't know if it was in that moment or after she left, but I, oh, I okay. really started to tear up. And mm-hmm. of course that was her experience. And she was also uh, just, just a very sweet, sweet soul. And maybe a lot of other people had a different experience, but, but still that experience, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, this is not the path I want to keep walking. And so I started really softening more, opening up more, started working on receiving more, not just giving gives me a lot of pleasure to give, 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 but I really started to focus on giving, uh, receiving is just as important. Mm -hmm. And that led to me starting to honor my heart more and really listening to what I truly want. And that led to the summit of greatness where my heart just completely just burst it open. And I was just feeling unconditional love for every, like literally everyone, every human being that I could see. I'm like, I love you. And actually the first thing we said to each other is I love you. And I, I didn't love him. Yeah, like, for, we're, like we're I love that, you intimately. Yeah. No, I love you. I see you. I see you as a human soul, as a human being. That's just part of this cosmic integ- in, in, um, integration, cosmic, cosmic intertanglement with everything and everyone. And and I just, I was on fire. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I, I was just, uh, call it Kundalini rising. I don't know what happened. I was literally just lit up. I was so lit up. I bought 20 tickets for the following year for the Summit of Greatness. So I could bring my family, my friends, my business partner at the time. Um, whoever wanted to come, I gave it to some strangers. But I really wanted, I'm like, Everyone needs to experience what I'm experiencing, not realizing that what other people are going to experience is what they're going to experience, but really allowed me to open up because it was in a community of people that were really just focusing on being themselves, being authentic, and people were just sharing who they are. And that was, um, that was something that I had started experiencing um, about a year ago, but I really craved more of those communities and more of the pe- those people to be surrounded by. And at the Summit of Greatness, we met each other. We were friends for a very uh, for about a year and a half, and I also met some lifelong friends, which we're still connecting with every week. So it was really that. Um, it was really, really a powerful experience for me. And my heart from that point, it just, it just continues to open up and continues to expand. And, and I've had my own uh, planned ceremony uh, a year later, actually, Christopher was holding space for me. And that, that was another, oh my goodness, how much more love can I take? And, uh, and, and it it just continues to, um, I feel like there's no limit to how much our heart can open. And I, I believe the more my heart opens, the more, um, I'm truly tapped into who I am versus operating just from the mind. And the mind is a beautiful vehicle and I, and I love it. And I, and I, great it's, it's a great servant. It's a lousy master, right? So, so really listening. So I've cultivated practices of meditation now every day and uh, yoga now every day and really 
uh, surrounding myself by people who I can just be myself and also providing space for others to just be themselves. So that's been, that's really been the work. And I, I'm continuing to walk that path of opening up my heart more and more. So for right. others to do the same. And I think that's, that's really, right. I think that's to heal, heal the planet. Um, yeah. Being compassionate, being open, being, being vulnerable and loving on other people. And, you know, a lot of times our listeners tell us they're closed off and you've explained being closed mm -hmm. off. And once I feel we, like I have, yeah. And once you open that up, it's that it's the whole thing is good all the way around. So I love that story. That's really beautiful. And then you guys met and, and were friends for a while. And then what cemented it to become, um, you know, together and after you finally let yourself soften, finally let your heart open up, finally take the walls down a little bit. It was the prime time was right to meet Christopher. And then what was it? What led from friendship to, oh my gosh, you're my person. Well, I was in hot pursuit. I would say I was, I was <laughs> my eyes on the beautiful person. <laughs> for quite some time. And, um, we were both having our own experiences uh, post, I know I didn't get into it during the, the podcast, but post um, difficult relationships. So we were both were having our own experience, but still being in very close contact. And then she invited me of all places to Chicago uh, <laughs> for an ayahuasca ceremony. And I, I came to Chicago. It was with my mom. <laughs> Her mom was there at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I what is that ayahuasca ceremony? I don't know what that is. Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> ayahuasca is a, uh, and, and for any of the listeners that know better than I do, please forgive me. I'm, I'm by no means an expert in explaining this, but um, it has dimethyltryptophene in it, DMT, and it's a naturally occurring plant from the Amazon and Amazonians have been use, using this and all over South America, for maybe thousands of for years. thousands of years in, yes. in healing ceremonies. Uh, and it, it's known as like the divine uh, grandmother, really, that will come and it's not pleasant. It's not, you end up, some people end up vomiting and having diarrhea and like, it could be, you pleasant. It could be, it could be Mine more was gentle. Pleasant. Hers was more gentle <laughs> than mine. I guess I had some more demons to work with. Uh, but people sometimes get sick all night during these. Because a lot of purging comes. Yeah, a lot of, you're really clearing a lot of stuff out. A lot, all of the stagnation needs to just be released. And and we, we found a trusted, um, I, think, I think he calls himself a shaman, right? He's, yeah, a, he's a shaman. A shaman who could facilitate this work for us. And I mean, I got really simple messages like, be a better son, be a better human being, <laughs> love more. And, and like these very simple um, insights. But anyhow, we did that together. And then the day after that, we went uh, back to her apartment and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I, I knew, I mean, I knew and I knew what I wanted for some time. And I think she didn't quite know. Um, I guess you can speak on that better than I, I can, but there was just such, there was such, you know what it is. There was such love between us because we both knew each other in other relationships. So I, I had never been in a, a intimate relationship with someone that I was at first friends with. Mm -hmm. And so because we were both friends- We had nothing to hide. Was, like, here I like, am. <laughs> she really knew who I was because I was 
genuinely telling all sides of who I am, even in my relationship to her, and as so she was to me. So that level of complete transparency, uh, I feel like that actually cemented that, um, so to speak, as you asked, for us to yes. come into come into union with each other. Yes, yes. Well, a little bit more about ayahuasca. That specific <laughs> ceremony was actually not very strong for us personally. Um, and you could go really, really deep with ayahuasca. You could heal traumatic experiences. Um, you can heal just so, I mean, literally generations and generations of trauma. And it's not, I, I, it's not something I recommend. It's something that I believe what I mean is I don't recommend it for everyone, but if someone is cold to it and they have someone that they trust and they want to experience it in a safe environment, a safe container with the right intentions, um, you know, it's, everything is up to the person. But I believe um, these plant medicines have been here for thousands and thousands of years and are really they here to remind us of who we are and how we're deeply connected with, with the earth and with everyone else, not and with everything else as well. So I've had a lot deeper experiences personally with psilocybin than ayahuasca. But yes, after that, we merged together and uh, Christopher wrote me this beautiful uh three-page poem when I was in Bali and he was crying when he was reading it <laughs> and he said I'm gonna leave a copy in uh, this place and if something happens to me there's two ways you're gonna read the story what, what did you say baby can you at this you point explain? we weren't we weren't together and I wrote her this letter and I said there I didn't tell her this but I, I said in the letter I made a note that the only way that she would read it is if we either ended up being together or if I died. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because other, otherwise there'd be no, if we just continued being friends and there'd be no reason for her to uh, hear the uh, ending portion of this letter. So the ending portion yeah, is. Is where I talked about being together and us um, having a life together and all these things. And um being life partners really i don't know if i dropped the word marriage but that, i mean to me that's just a title um which which has absolute significance if we so decide that but yes. uh yeah so she got to read it since we're together wow yes, and I'm not very romantic that sets yeah. the bar high for all our <laughs> listeners significant others so. uh, and know, he was crying when he was reading and it was just such a because he's such a i always wanted a man who has an open heart and he's really teaching me how to keep open my heart because his heart I always felt was just more he's always been just so loving and so um everything you didn't have when you were a little girl in a sense yes yes and and he's really been really been just a beautiful example and a teacher for me to continue to trust and to open up my heart even more so and I've always wanted that I wanted a man who's who is courageous enough to follow the wisdom of his heart. Mm -hmm. And here we go. He delivered Christopher to me. But the first three months, we were kind of experimenting. We didn't really know. We were kind of like, ah, we, we didn't even, fling we didn't even we want really to call deep. each other, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner. We're still not boyfriend, girlfriend. This is my divine lover. <laughs> I'm the divine lover. Um, <laughs> but but really we, we were kind of testing it and seeing if this is going to even work because I wasn't, I wasn't sure in the beginning, I've always had a deep connection with Christopher, but I, 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 yeah, I wasn't really sure how it's going to play out. And, and, uh, we, 
we sealed the deal after three months. We're like, you know what, let's really, let's really, uh, let's, let's truly be committed to this and, and, and make it the most magical experience that we can have. Yeah, Michelle, and, I, I'm sorry, yeah, babe. No, that's it, babe. I, I wanted to add, you know, you said, that, so the bar is set high for the listeners. And really from, from my experience, when I'm, when I'm loving and I'm in that place, whether it's with uh, uh, right now, this, this conversation that we're having or a conversation with a client uh, or maybe a conversation even with a mentor or my mother or Zlatka, uh, when I'm in love, when I'm literally in love, like I am in love, not even necessarily with another human being, but when I am in my muse, when I'm, as we talked about, like living as though my life is this, this masterpiece and I am the paintbrush for it, when I'm living from that place, that's the easiest thing. It's actually absolutely um, the most freeing and easiest expression of who I am because anything else has been me resisting against myself. And so to write this big, long letter, like I'm, you know, I, I could have looked up and a minute could have passed or it could have been three hours and it would have made no difference because I'm not coming kind of like what Slodka shared when she had her, her session last night. If I'm actually genuinely serving without an agenda and just being being that which i feel i came to planet earth to fulfill um time can pass in a, in a blink of an eye and, and it's it's harder to continue to sell out on myself or to continue to be anything less than the most loving and authentic version of who i really am that's actually harder mm -hmm. well that's what we all need to aspire to being that open to be loving to everyone, every creature, every human. I love that. I mean, that's what we yeah. preach. And you're the, just stated that so eloquently and, you know, perfect example. So we appreciate uh, that. I don't know if I'm perfect, <laughs> but it's certainly- Perfect example. I didn't say you were perfect, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Perfect example. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and something that opened up for Christopher and I want to kind of, shine some light on this because I think it's I think it's so beautiful is that when you're really in the space of love it, it I, I I mean in that space everything just opens up I mean the whole universe just opens up to you and Christopher actually right around the time we started dating he uh, started writing really some deep poetry and he couldn't stop I mean he was literally writing every day i would say a couple of poems a day and he wrote for about six months he wrote about 600 poems wow. which now uh, i'm encouraging him like baby come on you have mm -hmm. to um you know put this out into the world and wow. he, you know, he doesn't have to but it would be awesome if he does he doesn't have to do anything but um but it was just so beautiful to see that and just to to watch him and i've seen him in the past three years, I've just seen him in front of my eyes, just, just transform time and time again. And it just, it's just so incredible to see that and to really right now be in his muse and to be in his creative space and to be leading from his heart and to listen to that wisdom that's within him. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And what's, what is incredible to me too, is to see the journey that where you're saying where you've come from and Christopher didn't really talk about this as we've spoken on this podcast, but you were in a dark place for a while. You were in a place that was 
you were miserable and, and we're, we're going through some tough things. I don't know if you want to talk on that or not, but, but to, you know, again, we say he's doing this perfect example and he's so uplifting and, but guess what? It's a journey. And it, and it always wasn't that way. Like you just described about how you overcame putting your walls up on your heart and overcame, you know, not letting the feminine side show, you know, Christopher went from this place, even some of the stuff that you've overcome as child and, and put in this dark place you were at, to be the guy who's able to say, I love love, I love the world, I love black guy, and writing poetry. Do you want to talk on that at all? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Uh, so something that I, a, a story that'll be new for all of us, the listeners and you too, because I didn't share this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two years ago, um, I had, you know, I was, I was 25, 26 years old and I had moved back in with my parents who I'm eternally grateful for. Mom and dad, if you hear this, I love you. And I love always having a place to stay and call home, but I'm like, I'm this, I'm a life spiritual coach and I'm 25 and I'm, I moved back in with my parents and I filed bankruptcy for my, my coaching business. I was like a hundred grand plus in debt. Uh, from higher, from doing all these different programs and trying to be the best and just who the, the amount of stress and pressure I was putting on myself to uh, get there as fast as I could because I'm a man and all these just expectations I had. Um, and my relationship ended with my, my then fiance. And, and like I said, I moved back into my parents' basement and uh, I quit. I quit on the whole coaching thing. I said, can I swear on the podcast? Is that appropriate? I said, fuck this. <laughs> I, had to, I had to ask. I don't know. Um, and I said, you know, f- screw this coaching thing. I'm, I'm a fraud. This is fraudulent. And the judgment, I mean, I can, I can feel it now. I can see myself looking back on um, this person, this identity that just really needed love and needed compassion and self-forgiveness. And I started, I started working at a smoothie shop. And it was my, a really good friend of mine, smoothie shop. And I was making $2 per, per shake that I would make for people. And, um, that's how I was viewing it. I was viewing it as, um, I'm not, I'm, you know, isn't that interesting that I could be in my coaching element and I could see the light and the love, but then the moment when I'm going and I'm making a shake for $2, it's now a means to an end. And I'm very selfishly, be oh, I'm making a shake where I'm going to work and what you know I used to get paid thousands of dollars to do coaching and now I'm doing this I mean the judgments were never-ending in, in my head and uh, it got dark I mean I, I I'll, I'll say this here and I've, I've said it publicly before uh, I just wanted it all to end and I could I could see what it would be like to take my own life I, I, I wasn't suicidal but I definitely said well you know, that, that would seemingly be a way out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, finally, finally, uh, her and I talking, I think definitely helped <laughs> and us deepening our relationship, but I would just go to Barnes and Noble of all places, which was like kind of my happy place. Mm-hmm. And I would start to reconnect with me, you know, I mean, with the whole coaching thing, the expectations, the entrepreneurship, it, it can, this image of yourself can be so, uh, you can, I got lost in it. You know, I got really lost. And I would just go into Barnes and Noble and I'd, I'd just go over to the spirituality and the psychology section and I'd, I'd pick out some books and just 
you know, no, with not an expectation to, to garner some information that I can then go post on my Facebook or inspire others with, screw that. No, you know, this was me connecting with me and my spirit and my essence again. And then the most beautiful poetry and all the, the stuff that I was consuming, all these different uh, Buddhist teachers and all these different philosophies, it finally started coming out of me but in a very pure way, in a way that didn't, um, I, I didn't have to come, go and do some webinar or have some conversation. It wasn't, it was no longer about me getting something from someone else. And I just started writing as Lodka mentioned. And um, after two plant ceremonies, one of which I did with her, I, I took a couple extra days off at, at this job because I went to visit her in, in Chicago and on the way back, I realized, I was like, whoa, I've been, I've been thinking, I've been buying into the misbelief or the misperception that I need to earn money by making shakes at this business. And I was just, I saw how deeply I got into this story of failure. Now, what's interesting, before I left that job, I started to see like the next person that would come into the store, I would just connect with them and talk about God and love and my, not, I'm not an evangelist or any, at least I hope not. <laughs> I guess I could unknowingly be sometimes, uh, forgive me. Um, but I just started seeing people as, as their essence and coaching them and, and helping them with whatever it was. And this one person came in, it was so crazy. I mean, I couldn't have written this, but she had a bracelet kind of, kind of like this, but there was only one strand of beads on it. And I said, tell me about that bracelet. It looks like something about yoga, which is not something I would have done if I was, you know, being the, the um, mindless person that's just trying to get someone in and out the door and give Slapping, them their shape. Slapping shapes, shapes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's who I am, not what I do um, and how I do it. And, and I asked her this question and she, she said, oh, this is from a retreat in Maui. I said, really? I, one of my teachers his name's Ram Das. He actually lives in Maui, who we've mentioned Ram Das a couple times here now. And she said, yeah, this little, um, there's a little, like, kind of like one of these things. This little piece of cloth here is actually from a strand of the blanket from Ram Das's guru, who talks all about service and being of service. And I just started crying. I mean, right then and there, I started crying. Like, this is, now that I'm finally not defining myself by what I do, but who I am and how I do what I do, uh, then the essence, then the light is, then I can actually see it. And I drove home and I met with my friend, my friend owned this business. And I told him, I said, I've released myself from, from the need to think, thinking that I need to uh, make money working here. And he said right back to me, he said, don't worry about it. I already took you off the schedule. <laughs> I, had, I had taken off a few days and I, I had gotten the days covered, but uh, you know, he didn't, there, we, we just weren't seeing eye to eye at that point. And um, the universe had set up for me to relinquish that. And people thought I had kind of lost my mind. My parents, people were asking me like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what do you, and I said, just trust, like, I'm just trusting. And I would write poetry all day and I'd meditate and, and like a miracle, uh, I was driving one day and just appreciating the beauty of like, I think I was driving by a lake on MLK Boulevard in Cleveland. And, um, actually a coach that I had worked with who I'd paid this 
I paid some coach 30 grand because I wanted, I, I um, have to be the client that I'm willing to like some, whatever coaching BS I was buying into. Um, I want other people to pay me 30 K. So I have to be willing to do it myself. This whole sort of thinking that we sometimes hear in the coaching world, which is bullshit actually my estimation. Um, but anyhow, I'm, I'm driving and I just ghosted this guy when I was working with him because I had filed a bankruptcy. I had my, my relationship with my um, fiance at that point had ended in, in an interesting way. We'll just, just leave it at that for right now. And I ghosted on this guy. I did an eight-month program with him about four months through. I just ghosted because I was ashamed. I was so ashamed and filled with guilt. And I, didn't even, I wasn't even doing the work in the coaching program. I was just probably drinking too much and... Um, I wasn't an alcoholic, but definitely that, that's to have a little buzz at the end of the day. That's better than whatever else I'm dealing with. And I wanted to contact this guy because I wanted to tell him a year or so later that I got, I got what he was trying to teach me this whole time that it's about service and it's not about getting, and it's about, and, and I just, I called him a few times just to, I didn't, I didn't want anything from him. I didn't, I didn't, I just wanted to tell him that I finally got the lesson that he was trying to teach me. And the dude's a brilliant, he was a social worker too, a sports psychologist, got into coaching, huge, incredible heart. Finally, I get a message back. Again, this is amidst my family and everyone thinking that I'm kind of like, what the, what is Christopher doing with his life? Like, what's going on with this guy? And I would just tell everyone, just trust, like, just trust. It's all being taken care of, just trust. And I was receiving that message. And I get a text message from this coach that I worked with. He didn't have my number saved. He said, is this CK? I'm getting a CK vibe from this. It's really funny that you're messaging me because I have a check sitting here for a little under $15,000 with your name on it. The fuck, right? Like, what? You're thinking you owe him and he's got a check for you. Wait, and so we, we get on the phone. I'm getting intense. I'm like getting all up close to the computer now. I get on the phone with him and I tell him about the journey, the bankruptcy, all this stuff that I've been kind of going through and processing and how I was just ashamed of it. Now I'm just trusting and writing. And I had like one or two clients that had come back into my life just as a, as a byproduct of me being of service and emanating this, this love, I would say. And he told me, he's like, you know, I never agree. A lot of the people that invest in me, they're like, it's their frequent flyer miles and they pull up to his house in a Porsche and they could care less for dropping that kind of money. So he said he never really agreed with somebody in the terms that we had agreed, which I'm, I'm glad I did that because I was willing to take a bet on myself still, which, you know, there's ego stuff, but there's also real legitimate like stuff that I look back on that I'm happy that I did that because it allowed me to end up being here. Anyhow, by the end of the conversation, he's like, look, man, we could pick back up with your coaching program right now and finish the next four months, or I can wire transfer you this $15,000. And at that point I said, I'd like the wire transfer, please. <laughs> and it, to me, that was a byproduct, right? It wasn't a, a result where I was, I wasn't planning that, but it was a byproduct of me being who I am and the universe saying, Hey, we want to reward you for trusting in a way. And I've never looked back since then. So I, I don't know if that was a super long time that it took me to share that. I tried to keep it. No, but I love that. I love what you just shared because both of you have a similar story. And the bottom line is what we, you know, our, I want our listeners to hear is you have to invest and work on self. You have to do the work for yourself and be open to whatever 
may come, which is that trust you're saying, um, which the being doing the work leads to growth, leads to successes, and that's about based on some of the service. It's about service, it's about giving, it's about, I love that. And you both, again, very eloquently said from the beginning to the end, and where you are in the journey now, wherever it goes, we don't know. The future's still wide open. How you've taken some of the things and you've looked in and you've learned and you've grown and you've evolved and you continue to do that. And I think that was beautiful. And I love that you're together. It's you guys are really two peas in a pot. <laughs> I mean, really, you can you like see that connection and that it's almost, you know, the male version, the female version or whatever that looks like. Um, very similar, like when you talked about looking in the mirror, I mean, you, you, you definitely have a beautiful relationship, however, or whatever you call it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear about. We appreciate you guys coming on. Is there any last um, parting words of wisdom? You know, I kind of put it into this doing work for yourself, but what, what is the parting words or advice or something that you would want to leave with for our listeners? You know, something that's present for me, something actually Christopher on his birthday, uh, we had deep, some deep, deep conversations and he shared something with me that I think we can leave off with. And he said, you know, what's the problem, if you can even call it a problem with the world? And I asked him, what is it? And he said, we've just forgotten how to love. That's it. Right. We've just forgotten how to love. And if we can all just love a little bit more ourselves, our partner, our families, sisters, brothers, the whole world, if we love a little bit more, um, we probably wouldn't be experiencing what we're experiencing in our world today. And I think that love can really bring, and this is not something uh, cliche, but really it's the true essence of our existence here. And I'm not talking about superficial love either, where I love you, I love you, and, and just thinking that um, you love someone, but rather feeling feeling that love and it doesn't have to be in a romantic way at all it could be towards any animal any plant any being any human being and that to me can transform our world mm -hmm. that's our essence that's our um really truth it's what it feels like to me I love so. And you're also saying love is an is an action. It's not you know it's not just words. It's it's the action of love and doing it in every way in every part of our life. Mm. Very beautifully put. I love that. May I share a little wisdom piece too? Am I absolutely? You're allowed, Christopher. <laughs> you can have the last word always. <laughs> Give him the last word. <laughs> Well, I'll probably say this, then she'll think of something else, and then it'll just be the longest podcast you've ever had. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Wayne Dyer always quotes Mother Teresa, and um, Mother Teresa was asked one day, what, what do you do in the streets of Calcutta, the very uh, destitute and, I mean, brokest of the broke from a financial standpoint part of the world? And she says, I see the distressed face of Jesus Christ in everyone I meet. 
And I, I, this is again, Jesus, Buddha, love put, put in whatever, whatever anyone's version of that love is. But, uh, just, just two days ago, a client and I had this conversation when we're asking for help. It's, it's God asking God, Hey, who's God? And we're just a manifestation of that love. And it's my, my job to literally in, in the most pragmatic way, spread that message, live that message and um, see that somehow, especially in our, our own, the world today, um, you know, I, I don't know what to do on a global scale, but I know that I can have this conversation and uh, I can make my bed and <laughs> literally and um, tell my mom I love her or I love you. I love, I love you too. Uh, I know we just met, <laughs> but um, that's, that's, right. that's right. So I'm just reiterating what, what Zlatka said too. It's, it's um, re remembering and, the love that we are. <laughs> and that it all starts with us at the end. And it's never too late. It's, it's never too late. No, there's no such thing. It's just remembering. It's, it's all, that's all it is. It's just remembering who we are. And I told you she'd say something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Yes, and, and that's it. That's it. If, if we want to change the world, let's focus on changing, um, changing our perception of love and really who we truly are, not superficially, but right. deep rooted truth of who we truly are. And uh, that's it. And, I, and I, so the message is love. The message is be love. Yeah. Law. And I think that's reiterated by both of you. And I think that is our message that we, we try to promote. So it fit in perfectly. Again, thank you guys so much. It was wonderful to meet you. I hope to be able to, you know, say, hey, now this is my friend. And this is my friend. And, and next yeah. summit. Hopefully we can see them at next summit. Yeah. 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 Yes. The next summit. We're well, I, we, to be there. yes, we will be there. We love the work that you two do, and it's a, a pleasure to uh, be a fellow overcomer too. Yes. Thank you, and thank you. Love, and I love that you shared that part too, because it isn't just all roses and ponies. You have to work to get there. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. And thank we you. will uh, connect again, and, and we'll let you know when we're going to put this out there. And um, and as always. Um, Stay cheeky, goddesses. Yeah.